We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, I thought both teams shot the ball extremely well. They made a couple at the end, and, you know, we missed a couple at the end. But it was, you know, we couldn't stop their their offense, and they really couldn't stop ours. And it ended up when they got a couple open threes at the end, and we got a couple, we missed ours, and they made them, and they, they, they deserved to win. You know, they're a smart team. They're good against zones. They play zone. Uh, they got the ball in the middle and used the guy as a passer, which is what we see. Um, and we just didn't cover as well as we needed to. Uh, it, it really is a – both guards have to key it which way they go. And uh, that's where our inexperience probably hurt the most because we didn't really – make the right rotations and uh, you know that's a little bit of the inexperience of, of uh, you know having a freshman out there we wanted to get to the foul line and we did that but we needed to make a couple threes in there when the run went on but uh, the advantage of trying to get to the basket is to get to the free throw line which we did but we just didn't get there enough, really. You know, it's been an up-and-down year. We started out, you know, really uh, poorly. And uh, even though we lost to some pretty good teams early, Oregon's a good team, especially with Bobo, and obviously Buffalo is, and Old Man, they're <coughs> tough teams. Um, we played pretty consistently in the league. We beat the teams we were supposed to. Uh, we upset, you know, Duke, obviously, upset with Ohio State and Ohio State. Those were good wins. We, it was a solid year. I think Baylor was a hard, is a harder team for us to play than anybody else. That was three, four, five, six, seven. I'd rather almost played anybody. But the, they they just really, I mean, I, they might not make 16 if we played tomorrow, but they'd make 12, I think. They're good. They're a really good shooting team. And. You know, we knew that coming in. We tried to adjust our defenses, defense outward, uh, but that's where the inexperience at the guard spot hurt us the most in on the defensive end. Uh, I was wondering what your thoughts are on a Buddy's performance tonight in his third start. He struggled offensively, start. but I'd expect that from a freshman. I, I'm not sure. Where are you from? Uh, Citrus TV. Where? Citrus TV, Syracuse. Oh, you're from, I figured, I should have known that. Your first question, I should have known that. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please subscribe. The universal handles for the socials is at Q's Militia. If you don't know already, go there. Join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving the fans a platform. 
So that'll do it for the Orange this season uh, as they were dropped by Baylor 78-69 to in the first round of the NCAA tournament. A disappointing ending to a frustrating but pretty solid season, I think. It wasn't all bad. Uh, you'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in the last fan feedback of the sports calendar. And um, we're going to get into everything here in a second. But first, there's games still going on. If you've got your bracket filled out, you're going to miss out on that, my bookie. But you can bet on all these games coming up. And if you want to do that, I suggest you go to my bookie. If you know who to bet on, then go ahead and do it. Even if you don't, my bookie is the place to go to get in on the action. They have something for everyone there. Even you multi-bracket guys like Joe and Gals. Uh, my bookie has been in business for years. The goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is they pay out fast when you win. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Deposit with my bookie today and use the promo code QS25 and get a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code QS25 to get that bonus with my bookie you play you win and you get paid so what's up joe what's going on sean uh nothing much that guy uh so um we're a day late i apologize that game yeah. was just so late i get up at 5 30 you know go to bed at 12 30 yeah, friday was rough yeah get up at get up at uh, i made it yes in case any of you are wondering yes i made it i made it through the game 12 30 if uh uh <laughs> And I got up at 5.30, went to work, didn't get back from work till 5.30. And then, you know, just didn't leave enough time, especially with, you know, you want to be prepared. So, anyway, right. that's my excuse. Had had we won that game, we would have made it happen. Put it that way. Right, Joe? We so, would have had but, to have. Yes, but that didn't I happen. I think a so. win would have gave us that extra little burst of energy, you know what I mean? I that's... think you're right. Yeah, I think it probably could have maybe done some some show prep at work instead of work. I just wasn't in the mood. So anyway, right. uh, before we get into everything, obviously, I have to say that, like I said, the end of our sports calendar from September to to March, end of March, um, that's our year for the podcast. So wrapping up another ne- year. And I want to thank you all for listening and interacting with us on social media. I mean, we try to respond the best we can when we see things. Uh, we're not Syracuse.com or any other type of publication. Uh, we don't charge you money for our content either, just for the record. I'll throw that out there. Stop going to Syracuse.com. Uh, they can eat it because they want my money every time I click on something. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we started from nothing and have just grown over a ton in the past couple of years. And it goes without saying that we could not have done it without everybody listening and everybody on social media. I think that this show rivals some of the other shows hosted by people with hard cards. I don't know how if, – if I don't know their numbers and I don't know if we come close, but as far as the content, as far as the interaction with the fans, and as far as as the hosts go, we got two great hosts here. So, um, so we truly, truly want to thank you. Yeah, guys. At least one. Yeah, at least one. I know. Thank you. I mean, you need some work. So I can't. Yeah, I, know. I, I was giving the props to you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, I I really I can't express enough how I how much I love. I've gotten to know people on social media, which is weird, but I love it. I can't wait to meet some of you guys someday. You know, we're we're gonna plan. A couple games next year, hopefully, that we yeah. can give notice to and, and, and maybe we can meet up or something like that. But um, And by the way, uh, we're not going anywhere just because the season's over. We are going to play in regular episodes during the off season, And we already started talking about one today for next month. So we'll be around. Mm-hmm. We just won't be doing game stuff. And, I mean, when, you, when, you, when you're doing something you love, I'll make something up. 
too. Yeah, we'll figure it out. About. We got some sports. We, we talked about it. You know, yeah. Syracuse lacrosse and recruiting and spring football. Uh, and then, you know, the his, the history ones that we did, just like the UConn podcast. Yeah, uh, the UConn. And, the, and those were Hopefully huge, you guys like that. Thank you for and that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they like that. And maybe, you know, we can throw some polls or some questions out there on social media and maybe get some some of the fans, um, you know, opinions as far as what they want to hear or what they want to yeah, absolutely. And see we'll, done. So, we'll, and, and I was thinking of other ways, too, where we can do some different fan feedback stuff in the off season and yeah. get, get everybody in on that, too. We could still do fan feedback. I mean, that would be great. So it yeah. doesn't have to be narrowed down to game stuff is my point. So right. there's, by the way, there's no, as far as I know, there's really no other Syracuse sports podcast that does a lot of off-season off stuff, and there's definitely not one that does as many episodes for games for football and basketball as we do. So um, you guys have obviously been spreading the word somehow because it's, grew, it's grown. It grew almost three yeah. times this year from last year to this year, three times yeah. in, in downloads. Yeah, so yeah that's word awesome. of mouth and, and yeah. you know, and we you guys it. on social yeah. media. So. Obviously, yes, absolutely. Right. So anyways, uh, let's get into the game here and then we'll do some fan feedback. Um, it, it just wasn't our year, Joe. I mean, I really thought that Syracuse could make a run considering where they were in the bracket, but drama strikes again. Frank yeah. Howard played arguably one of his best games of his career in a loss to Duke in the ACC tournament, and then he got high or something. We don't know. Buddy. Uh, yeah, something. But, something. Buddy, great all year against ACC opponents for the most part. Pretty m- mediocre in non-conference. In non-conference, Buddy reared his ugly head. Two points, yeah. both from the line. He was 0 for 6 for the night from the floor. I, I mean, I'm not blaming Buddy, and I'm not blaming Frank. This, nope. this has been... This has been the Syracuse team that we've pretty much seen throughout the year. Hang until the first half, slowly fizzle out, go cold on offense, and make mistakes on defense in the last five or six minutes of the game and kind of blow it. Fatigue, maybe. Tyus Battle with 16 points and likely his last game for Syracuse. He'll finish, by the way, 16th all-time in points scored at Syracuse with 1,647. So congrats to him on that. That's big. And I believe he's 13 points behind C.J. Fair. So Hughes, with a career-high 25 points, he was on fire. He went six for 11 from distance and he hit 87 three-pointers this year and that'll be good enough to put him 11th in uh, single season three-pointers so Chuku wins his career in orange with seven points and five rebounds now we don't really know what Brissett is going to do but I can't imagine seeing him really go anywhere he finished with he had a pretty good game 14 points eight rebounds against Baylor Syracuse shot the ball well as a team and that's kind of the heartbreaker 41.2 percent from the field 41.4 percent from distance and from the line they were 83.3%. So Baylor, though, 58, 53.8% from the field. So, you know, and the Orange were out-rebounded 31-28, to 28, which is actually pretty good considering Baylor is second in the nation in offensive rebounding. So yep. the difference, Joe, in my opinion, the, the offense fizzled out towards the end, and we know that they went almost five minutes without a bucket in the second half. But in my opinion, the, the real key was defense, and it just... The rotations weren't good enough, and um, and and Baylor is a team that can hit those shots, and they did. They they were they did. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it was the percentage. We were pretty close uh, everywhere around. We scored more at the free throw line, uh, but again, it was just the way that that everyone was shooting and the way that the defense was playing this game. Uh, we just needed those points from Buddy, or we needed something. And again, like you talked about, just it's the story of this year is. 
this is the inconsistency. Are we going to show up the first half? Are we going to show up the second half? Who's going to show up, whether they're there physically or not? So yeah, yeah. Um, that's just really what it is because, I mean, I know Frank Howard wasn't there physically, but sometimes he has been there and he hasn't shown up. So exactly. it's happened. And like you said, with a non-conference, uh, it, this was just a case where we had no one else to turn to and um, our options were low and Buddy needed to needed to, to make some points and create something. And I just think that the way that we were playing coming again, it was it's one of those things like this year was, you know, Syracuse as a fan, you'd get on an ultimate high. We'd look good. And then we'd get chopped down two notches with a bad loss or a couple of bad losses. And then we'd look good and it just kept going. And with this, you saw us play in the, like you mentioned, the ACC tournament, the win against Pitt and the way we played against Duke and like the way that Frank Howard played, you're like, okay, this is, and it looked again, like a positive to where maybe we can go and give Gonzaga some problems, you know? And yeah, it could have been. Then that happened, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to, pile up on on Frank because I'm sure that he feels Terrible. awful. Yeah. It's his senior year. He let his his team down and I and more 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 or less himself. And um that was the last I mean he played his last game against Duke and I'm sure that he wanted to be able to have a chance to do that. So I'm not gonna pile on him today. Uh no but, but we, that's, we but, have to but talk overall, about it though, don't you think? But overall he uh, well overall that's what I think what we were missing and yeah. um overall that's put a lot more pressure on Buddy to not have – I mean, he had to to do something, and it couldn't have been one of those games where he didn't show up, and that's a lot of pressure to put on him as a freshman, you know, uh, in his first NCAA tournament appearance. So um, that's what I think. I think we didn't force enough turnovers. Usually we, we force teams into some more turnovers, and I think Howard, especially the way he played against Duke and in the ACC tournament, he was getting down near the free throw line and getting those steals and – yeah. It was like, team, I mean, it, yeah. it was mentioned in fan feedback as well. And, you know, obviously we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, that could have been something. And we kind of got left hung out to dry to where we didn't have too many options. And the game had to go a certain way. And that way was uh, forcing more turnovers and Baylor not making as many threes. So didn't go our way. And then with Buddy not hitting, that kind of just did us in. Yeah, and it, I think, like it, you said, we did get a little a little tired in the legs and in the end, and we just stopped scoring, and Baylor kept doing it. Yeah, they we stopped, and they didn't. And with Buddy, you know, it was kind of like <clears throat> he was so close in a couple, on a couple of those long-distance shots, Ugh. and they just didn't go. And I think he was hesitant to throw them up. He only shot six. He only shot four from three. After he missed his first two or three, then, yes, he was hesitant. Yeah, he was hesitant. And then, you know, that's what sets the pace. You hit your first one, that sets the pace. So mm-hmm. he just didn't. He didn't hit his first four, I guess. It was the only ones he took. He didn't hit any of them. So, right. you know, you're you're going to be hesitant to shoot the ball, and that was kind of the difference, I think. I don't think his defense is as good as Frank Howard's. Now, we could talk all we want about Frank Howard and his attitude or his leadership or, I mean, what have you, and his body language, but Frank Howard is can play the can play defense. He knows the 2-3 zone really good in his fourth year. He was really effective on defense. He wasn't always scoring, but I think he was pretty effective on defense most of the yeah, time. Yeah, he was. And we saw that in non-conference, and then when he came back, we saw the difference. And this is, you know, he had some rough goes on offense, turning the ball over and whatnot, making stupid stupid plays and, and you know, behind-the-back passes and such, things like that. He got yanked for, but that was the difference, you know. It's a little bit different, I think, when we didn't have Tyus and we had Frank, 
with Buddy in there. And when you yeah. reverse it and you put Tyus in and you and you don't have Frank and you put Buddy in, it, it's a different scenario in my opinion. Well, it was a different scenario because it's the ACC tournament. You don't have your best score, your go-to guy. You got nothing to lose. You pretty much knew you were already in the tournament. So uh, that's that's why it's a little bit different. But coming into uh, an NCAA tournament game where now real really it's you lose and you go home for good, then that's that's – a lot more pressure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and, you know, you don't want to dogpile on Frank. Frank. No. Frank's. Fr- Frank's. We all knew his potential. We all we, saw it. Yeah, we were I all know. cheering it was, for him. It was, yes. We were all absolutely. cheering for him absolutely. the whole time. We wanted nothing but but the best for him and for him yeah. to come around. We talked about his injury. We talked about this, that, and the other. And. Well, we saw what he did. We saw what he did last year. Yeah. And we were looking for, a, if like that and a, a little more, and figured that it was going to be. The expectations were high. We thought it was going to be a better year, and and not just him. There was other people that seemed to not get too much better than last year, or even you know oh, there was some regression this regressed year. Regressed a little bit. So yeah. Um, but with Frank, you know, Frank's got to live with it, and that's going to be that's got to that's got to yeah. be tough. That's going to be the worst part about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can apologize to his teammates all he wants, and you know, his teammates might be upset, fans might be upset, but again, uh, those guys are going to live to to get past that because they did everything they could, you know, when you're in a situation like that and you feel like you let somebody down. Yeah. Like you said, it's going to, that's going to weigh on him for a little bit. So, yeah. So anyway, um, that, that'd be it for, that's going to be it for Tyus. It's going to be it for Pascal and that's going to be it for Frank. Well, they, and Pascal could technically get a six year. It could, if, uh, it could but, yeah. but you know, they, it's been yet to been decided. So, Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens for that. So anyway, uh, anyway, um, you want to hear from the fans? Are we good? Yeah. 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 We're good, man. It's, it didn't work out the way we wanted. Oh, very disappointing going out in the first round to say the least. So anyway, you never want to see that, but all right, here we go. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. The best damn college sports fans in the nation. And y'all know what to do. Go to Facebook and Twitter at Cuse Militia is the handle for the socials. You go there and uh, propose the question at the end of every game. And you guys comment. And, you know, sometimes you get on the show, sometimes you don't. But there was like 80-something comments. And we tried to pick 10. But what we're um, going to do is, and there's still a conversation going on. I just got, uh, just got notifications. So anyway, uh, it's still going on from the other night. So it's hard to pick ten. We're gonna go do a little extended thing. I put out the, I put out the number, and we have, uh, we have a pretty interesting phone call. To um, I asked for your thoughts on the season and wrapping up the season, looking ahead to next year, and we got a, we got a little voicemail from someone and. We'll go over that at the end. We want to try to transition the fan feedback into actual you guys talking. So that way I don't butcher your handles and I don't butcher your comment. So it'd be easier <laughs> for everybody, right? I mean, right. you would think. So anyways, let's start with Lori on Facebook. She says, a very disappointing season on so many different levels. Tyus and Noche are not ready for the NBA. Frank, well, bye, Felicia. Good finds in in Hughes and Buddy. Well, I wish he played Jalen 
Jalen Moore for experience. Marek, MVP of the team. He played with heart every game. No one else played like him. Sad Cuse fan tonight on to Cuse Lacrosse. Yeah, so um, I I don't think O'Shea's going anywhere. With that said, Tyus no. is. Tyus is done. He yeah. he has no schooling really left to do. He is, um, like Joe has said, he's really got nothing left to prove except for if he wants to break some records and climb up the all-time scores list. Right. You know, Jalen, I saw a couple of comments on Jalen, and he did get yanked quite a bit early in, probably early and often. And, you know, I don't know, especially, especially with his turnovers and his ball handling was a little weak. But, you know, that stuff he's got to work on, and the only way to really get better at that is to let him play a little bit. But we just the depth was there, so he's not gonna ha- he's not gonna get those opportunities. No, yeah, it happened. Same thing happened with Frank his his freshman year too. So yeah, uh, Jason says they missed some must make shots. Buddy Beheim didn't contribute at all. Dolzai didn't do much either. But foul, it takes a full <laughs> team or it's one and done. And that's kind of been the the tone of the season. How many times have we mentioned that? You know, it wasn't an all-around team effort. It's always like one or two guys stepping up and another star or veteran player of the team just kind of not doing much of anything. And yeah. It's been hard to get them all to click, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, so, and, and going back to what we talked about, you know, it's to, I don't want to just put it on Buddy, too, but as far as, like, we needed him to score up, like what his average is or yeah, well, anything we did, like that. We just needed him to hit a couple threes, and, and realistically we needed a little bit more from – from down low. I mean, when you have that height advantage, I just feel like I mean, we didn't even see a chance where we had, uh, you know, uh, Sadibi in there. Uh, and I think that we just needed some more points down there uh, from from other guys. But again, sometimes that's what that's what hurts us, because when we do play big guys. Then they have the size to kind of push us around. And then when we have when we play against smaller guys, a lot of times because of the fact that our strength doesn't really our our length doesn't really have too much strength there's smaller guys that can still kind of get position and push them around or not let them get close to the basket so uh when we have the guys that we have really it just helps when we play against teams that really like to go to the hoop with their guards and stuff like that but this team uh they were smart they passed the ball around and we just couldn't use our length to our advantage at all just I, I don't know. We just needed more from down low and, and Buddy. Not too many physical guys on the team this year. No, you know you don't got like a Paul Harris or an Onowaku anywhere on the court. So no. Um, Peter says what they did all year. One of coach's first teams in many years who just never got any better as they went on. Now we know why Frank Howard never came back from injury and may have other problems much bigger. Not the way you want to end your senior season. Um, yeah, they, 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 they never did really evolve into anything better than what they started as, at least maybe not started as, but when Frank was there, when Frank came back, they never really got a ton better than that. We saw games where they were really good and they played well, but as far as overall though, Joe, wicked and consistent, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the thing is you don't, you can't even really tell. I thought there was players that did get better. But again, Buddy, obviously, to name one. Well, Buddy, yeah, Buddy, uh, you don't go through a full season and play that and not get better. 
Right. But the whole thing comes down to the roles, the confidence, and just playing together. And it just seemed like the chemistry and, and the inconsistency of certain players. There's just no just, no one really got into their role, really. I mean, everything right. was being switched around so much, you know? Um, because, yeah, well, with, because of inconsistency and yeah. injuries and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think just the way that they – I mean, it's just – there wasn't – there's not a facilitator. There was not a guy – that can make plays for other people and get them open. Right, which is the, the lack of assists and things all year we had. And it was just no one really doing that. You just know. a lot of one-on-one. Yeah. Um, Anthony, this one hurts. Of course, we shoot the ball great, and yet our opponent seems to have a record-scoring output. Considering we hang our hat on our defense, we can't be giving up 78 points to Baylor. Can't wait for football season. Well, yeah. It's been the story. That's another storyline of Syracuse basketball this year is that even when they're be- they've been good on offense, their defense has stunk enough to just just miss the rotations or a team has just been hot. Like, I don't know if their defense was terrible against UVA, but, you know, UVA was hitting some long shots. Long yeah. shots. And you just, don't, you just can't defend against that. I mean, what are you going to go out to half court? You know what I'm saying? Right. So then, right. you're, then you're going to get beat everywhere else. So, yeah, it seemed it seemed to go that way. Whenever, whenever you know, we were shooting good, they were shooting better. And yeah. it, it wasn't always just the defense. It was maybe partly the zone. But teams got hot against Syracuse here, this year, which is why you hear a lot of people questioning the zone. Has the, has the sport evolved so much on offense that maybe – as smart as Jim Beheim is, maybe he needs to come up with some sort of some other kind of hybrid defense that you know he could. I don't know. I don't see it happening, but I feel that. Yeah, I feel that way. That you know, it can't just be this defense all the time. Maybe. Well, I feel like it's evolving enough to where, like you said, I think he's going to have to. I think what he's going to have to do, and it might have you know the sanctions and the lack of scholarships might have something to do with it, but. He's going to have to build enough reliable depth to where, like you said, not necessarily going to man to man, but changing it up and pressing more, or being able to because it's just it doesn't matter what zone or what defense you play, yeah. You know, and just because you're playing a two three zone doesn't mean you're you're conserving energy. Like if you're playing it the right way with the same intensity, then you're not conserving energy. It's still making you tired. So to have to attack certain teams that have the personnel to just move the ball around smart and just get you to move around. And eventually they know that you guys are going to miss a rotation and, or you're going to have an, or it's going to create an opening and you're going to get a good shot Uh, to defense, to defend against teams like that. You need to be able to sub people out and keep people fresh. So, and that's just the bottom line. I think if he wants to go this route, he's got to play a little bit faster on the other end, the other ends of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be able to get out on the break like we used to oh push gosh, the issue, yeah. you know, up tempo Maybe, pace, man, all game. Yeah. Up tempo pace, try to push it. Don't allow them to get their defense set don't, yeah, don't and have to set. play your stupid half. I mean, and I don't want to say stupid, but we've just had the last couple of years. It looks like it's just, we've had such a difficult time beating half court defense when you have zero post up guy or down low offense or presence really. And well, that's it. And that's just it though. And then you don't have a, a creator as far as a point guard, and you end up just there's taking no, a jump shot. There's no pick and or roll. Or it's one-on-one. There's no pick and roll, and they can't they, – they know – people aren't worried – we're never worried about anybody down low. 
Now he come up and set a screen. No one ever covered that guy going back. Very mm-hmm. rare. They just stayed right. up on our guards. They knew who was going to get the ball and what was going to happen. Sometimes we beat them. Sometimes we didn't. But yeah, yeah. Um, at Coach Tarver, one frustrating because I wanted to see them play Gonzaga. Not having Frank on D hurt. I have nothing but respect for Pascal, but they need a big man with some beef and less than three eye surgeries. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, I know. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, that's funny. Uh, yeah, we well we just talked about it, right? In in, in Pascal. Had the height, but he had nothing else. He doesn't have athleticism, and right. he doesn't have he doesn't have he has zero ball handling skills, and you know you you can't just rely on height alone, and no. and you know coach likes to recruit those those long winged guys, but if they're not if they're not at all athletic, it's not really helping out a whole lot. And he had his games where he was brilliant, but the Duke game the Duke game we won at Cameron Indoor, he was freaking awesome. Remember that. Yeah. So, um, anyway, at Tony Staff. Which one? The huh? one he followed out in seven minutes? <laughs> yeah, definitely not that one. The one at Cameron no. Indoor was, was, was his best game of the season. Yeah. You know? Not to say that he didn't have potential. It's just you, we need somebody that's going to do that more than one out of every four or five games. Again, consistency. That's all. Yeah. Uh, at Tony Staffieri, if this doesn't bring in a big – here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This perfect piggyback. If this doesn't – if this staff doesn't – Bring in a big who can rebound and protect the rim. We are going to get evicted from our tournament in Bubble Townhouse. This is going backwards quick. And some of it, mm. Joe touched on, some of it the past couple of years has, a, has I would say, a lot. Not some of it. I would say a lot of it has to do with the sanctions and not being able to recruit. So, yeah. you know, where do you go with your recruiting? Uh, Pascal was a transfer, right? Seton Hall or was it? Providence. Where? Providence, okay. Yep. Um, so... You know, yeah. we were doing what we could do, and, you know, those scholarships are all freed up now. I think we saw a little bit of that this year. Buddy's not on scholarship, so, you know. Is he? I don't think he needs to be, right? Well, he doesn't need to be, but I don't know. I think he is. Oh, okay. Well. But either, either way, again, like you said, it's it's just being able to staff up and just beef up your, you know, your depth chart. I, I remember. We need some the, muscle down low, when, is what well, he it's said. Not, it's, but, but, again, like you said before, it's more or less – he was, I think, getting being safe with the people that he was getting. You know, so a couple graduate transfers with Gillen and White to try to make the tournament that one year. And yes, um, yeah, exactly. I think that the the year after sanctions, when we had that magical Final Four run, that was still based off of players from before that. So um, Battle being able to come in and and then obviously he had the transfers. You know, Elijah Hughes and you know, he got Brissett, but. You just can't recruit all those players. I mean, I remember him. I remember back in the 2000s, even earlier before that, you know, he'd get a class of three, four, five people. And, you know, you kind of you have so much depth already that you only need maybe two guys to come in and just kind of be bench players and help, you know. And then uh, the other guys might redshirt and maybe one guy isn't good enough. So he transfers and then the other guys grow and they end up being good three, four year, once they get to the third, fourth year, they're strong enough and they're good enough to play, you know, just watching the teams grow when you always have that depth and those players that you can throw in, like those are the type of teams that we had when we were like solid all the time in the tournament. Yeah. And like lately, just like he's living on the bubble. Like one of the guys said, stuff like that. That's just, 
I think, again, like you said, is a direct reflection of the fact where now you're recruiting and you really can't miss. And we're trying to recruit in the ACC, too. That's another another difficult thing to do. You got teams like UVA, uh, UNC, Duke. Well, nationally, you're always going against the best. Right, yeah, I know, but we're talking in conference, too, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I would think it would be a little bit more difficult, but um, I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I feel like it would be, though. But, you know, you're going against those teams head-to-head, and you're also going against those teams head-to-head recruiting. So, yeah. Um, at Biggest Q's fan, eh, I don't know. Q's played their game pretty much until they ran out of gas and their shots started falling short. They gave up second shots, which has been a problem all season. Looks like Howard's absence played a pretty, uh, a pretty big impact on this one. I thought... To give them some positive reinforcement for this game, foul shots, and they got out rebounded, Joe. But uh, how many offensive rebounds did they did uh, they have? Nine. Nine to our eleven. Nine yeah. to our eleven. Out, we only got out rebounded by three. Yeah. So that was that wasn't what did it. It was just the shooting. They shot fifty one percent from the field, forty seven percent from three point. So that's what did it. And when some team shoots like that, then any any little miss. Is is going to help, and, and that's the one thing where it's tough because you got to go back and you got to go back and look at it off of those offensive. We might have beat them eleven to nine on offensive rebounds, but how many points did we get off of those offensive rebounds? How many second chance points did we get compared to what they did? Because I know that there was a couple times where they hit threes off of uh, offensive rebounds and long rebounds and stuff like that. So, so they had when, nine offensive rebounds. I remember, I think three of those were in one possession. <laughs> oh yeah, there so, was one scramble that ended up yeah, and they ended up hitting a three, I believe too. Yeah, that's what reminded me of it when you said that. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh man, I screwed this one up. Hold on, I got it. I can do this. I can fix it. All right, here we go. At MC Talkboy, uh, missed Howard on top of zone defensively. Buddy would have been benched had Howard been active. He was awful. Mark offered little. Battis, t- battle Tyus. Well, those are the same guy. I think he means Brissett, Tyus, Hughes, lost legs at the end, but played well. Baylor was hot from outside. Carey still lost. Like I said, I don't know if it's fair to judge Carey on that game, especially in a game that big, NCAA tournament. Um, Marek was definitely not not doing Marek things. I mean, what what he played? He played he played twenty two minutes. And he got four fouls. So it was like every damn whistle is like Mark's like, you know, I did it. He's the only guy on the court admitting it was him. Um, uh, So, you know, yeah, we missed we missed Howard. And it's a good point that we didn't bring up yet is that if Buddy was shooting like that and Howard was there, he got yanked. No question about it. You know, right. So he wasn't just playing. Buddy Beheim didn't play 39 minutes because he's the coach's son. Buddy Beheim played 39 minutes because coach didn't have really many other options. Yeah. So, and that's I mean, that. Frank Howard's there. That's the type of game, first NCAA game, like tournament game, where you want Buddy to come off the bench. You don't want him to have exactly. to start and play that many minutes. Right. 39 minutes. Um, and, you know, just, geez. At our Popolars, Popolars, whatever, you know who you are. Fitting, another crappy second <laughs> half. Other teams hit everything again. Safe to say Frank would have given more than Buddy did. Draw sucked out of West at 10 p.m. at night without a starting point guard. Fittingly disappointing end to a disappointing season. Wow, Robert. 
that's very negative. But mm. I agree with – do I agree with everything? Yeah, I do agree with everything. But I do think that that was the best possible bracket for us to bend in. I don't know. Coach was saying, you know, he'd have rather played almost anybody except for Baylor. I don't know. I, I mean, what do you – you know? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what do you I think? just don't – like I said – Frank, I think out there he would have created a little bit more, you know, problems. I think that there was times when we had to, we should have let, I mean, we never forced the guy in the middle when he got the ball to shoot. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we always like collapsed on him and allowed somebody to get out to the three point line and they were playing four players at a time that could shoot. Right. You know, so I think that what we should have done is spread out the zone a little bit more. I mean, they had that Mario Kegler who was, I think, playing as their, their power forward, um, he went three for three, and he's a 29% free, uh, three-point shooter. So uh, just little things like that. Everything everything kind of went their way as far as um, shooting. And again, like I said, when your shooting percentages are that high, then uh, it's so not that much room for error. No, exactly. Empty trips is, you know, it's just a wasted opportunity. I mean, not that they're not always wasted opportunity, but when a team's that right. hot, it uh, you know hurts you more. No, so. to win the turnover battle. Right, right. Um, let's see here, Joe. Yeah. On on Facebook, not you, Joe <laughs> P. Refs were inconsistent at best. If I was a Baylor fan, I'd have been pissed. But our offense disappeared as per usual. Should have attacked. Vital when he picked up his third foul super early in the half. Shooting went cold. There's didn't disappointing end to a pretty disappointing season. That's the second person in a row that said that. Per preseason expectations, hate that's probably the last time we see battle in orange. If it is great college career, best of luck in the pros. Um, I didn't think the refs were terrible, but I don't know. I don't know. I, d- I didn't pick up on it, but I did – you know, I was laying. Well, they let him play. There wasn't yeah. a lot of fouls called. I know in the beginning of the game, especially. So, yeah, the shooting went cold, and uh, disappointing end to a pretty disappointing season. It was a disappointing end for sure. You know, I don't. It. I mean, it, the season was disappointing because of how frustrating it was to me. I think they had some moments against Duke, against Ohio State. You know, yeah, all good. Well, wins. that's that's why he said per expectations. Uh, I think you look at. I, I, if everyone's looking at it based upon expectations of the year going in, then yeah, uh, then it was it was a disappointing year because we were preseason ranked, and I think a lot of people expected us to be able to you know at least get to where we did last year. Um, yeah, but yeah. but if you look at it com- comparatively to our season since we've basically had the sanctions going back to the year that we even um, took ourselves out of pre- postseason play with uh, Rakeem Christmas the senior year. Uh, that this was the most successful uh, regular season we've had, so you got to yeah. kind of look at it like that too. So yeah, but I think I mean, he's right though. It's I think we all were a little bit more uh, high on this team coming in than what was what was what the what the product ended up being for sure. Yeah, well, ex- again, expectations. Right? And I know, and and where do you put them? You know, our next expectations are going to come in, in, with football. Where do we put, you know? Right. And so, well, yeah. So it's what that's we do why, as fans, and we have to right. have some sort of expectation on something. Sure. I mean, again, I understand. It's, it's, it's the, it really just depends on 
what type of perspective a fan wants to put it into. A fan wants to put it into that we brought everybody back and added some people, so we should have gotten farther in the NCAA tournament. Then that's, you know, that's on them. But the NCAA tournament's luck of the draw and matchups. Um, and if you want to look at it as, well, we had a better team, and so did we comparatively have a better season. And I think if you look at the regular season and even into the ACC tournament, I think that we that it was better, especially if you look at our numbers after strength of schedule and obviously the seeding that we got in the NCAA tournament. We haven't we haven't gotten an eight seed. Yeah, that's so. true. We're uh, barely making it. You know, last year, remember their video with the team waiting to hear their name called and their reaction. Remember that? Oh, well, yeah. Well, last year we were in a playing game. Yeah. And then the other year there, yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. really know where we were going to be because we were coming off of a year of of uh, taking ourselves out of the postseason, and we ended up getting a 10 seed. And there's a bunch of people that thought that, you know, maybe you might not have, even have, shouldn't have gotten in. You know, then we go on that run. And right. then the year after that, we don't get in. We're scrambling to get some graduate transfers, and we end up making the NIT, you know, with Which Andrew White awful. and Gillen in them. Yeah. And then last year, it was the bubble, are we going to get in? So this year, it was the first time in, what, four years where it wasn't us scramble oh we on the bubble i mean we were firmly in we were we were an eight seed yeah that, so, that year we went to the nit too that was another year we hung our hats on a duke win remember that was oh no, yeah that well, was, that was we didn't win anything on the road the only one yeah. that we won on the road that year was nc state i mean this year we were six and three or six and four on the road yeah so um and yeah so i just don't i don't know i mean we weren't even close to the bubble right. you know we were there was 12 13 teams behind us so right. If you want to look at it comparative to that, then yeah. But, you know, luck of the draw, we get Baylor, one of our better guys, you know, one of our our starting senior point guard. Yeah. You know, he gets he gets suspended, so that kind of hurts your draw in the NCAA. So, if you want to look at it comparatively to last year, I think that with the strength of schedule and everything, I think that we did improve from last year. It's just to get bounced the first the first game and have it end like that just kind of, you know. All right. <sighs> Uh, well, that is it for the social media fan feedback, but I did we did have a call, and if you ever want, I mean, I'll put the number out there. It's 315-236-2436. That's the, uh, the Cuse Militia hotline. I don't know what else we would call it. it sounds corny, but I don't care. <laughs> the <laughs> Cuse Militia hotline. Um, so, anyways, we had a call. Now, this is an example of how I kind of want to do things. You know, you guys call in and give a rant. And, um, and, and, you know, we'll talk about it on there. We've, we've done it a couple of times. I think Giovanni called in a couple of times, but, um, this is Chris from Facebook. Uh, this is, uh, Chris James. I know I comment sometimes on the Facebook page, um, from Staten Island, New York. I used to go to school in Syracuse. Uh, I guess we'll start off with the negatives. Obviously it was a very underwhelming season. Thought this team could have done a lot more. You know, we had a six sweet 16 run last year. I thought with having those players back, you know, a year under their belt, and having some new guys like Elijah Hughes, Buddy, coming in, we, I really didn't think Buddy was going to do as much as he did this year, and I guess that's one of the positives. But uh, overall, it was just very underwhelming. You know, coming into the season, we had an injured Frank Howard, which, you know, I didn't think it was going to take him this long to get back to where he was. But it seemed like the end of the ACC tournament, as everybody saw, you know, he was kind of finally shaping back into form with battle out. I really thought, you know, he would have come along a little sooner, and then obviously with the, the recent news of him not being able to play in the 
the NCAA tournament that really hurt us. I really, everybody was saying, you know, we could probably get by Baylor without him, but I don't know. I just think Buddy's defense last night wasn't, you know, wasn't great, and that's that's what really hurt us. I think Frank could have did a better job at the top of the key there. Uh, some other negatives from this year, I think, is obviously a lot of people talking about playing time for uh, Jalen and Braswell. I think Jalen turned the ball over, as I said a lot this year. Jalen turned the ball over way too much. Do I think we should have let him play a lot more? I think we should have let him play a little bit more, um, you know, give him some more playing time, you know. But nobody really thought Frank Howard was going to go out like this. So the one person I really thought should have played a little bit more, but, you know, I'm not the coach, uh, was Robert Braswell. I thought in his limited minutes he looked – I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, Buddy and Elijah, you know, they, they played well this year. I think that's a big positive for next year. Um, what I think we're definitely going to need is some, uh, you know, obviously some low post scoring if that's, you know – like a guy like um, Trey Mitchell possibly coming in. I don't know if, if he can start, you know, be great from day one or we can get like a, a fifth-year transfer. That would help us a lot. Um, I'm just worried about next year who's going to be our dominant scorer with uh, probably losing battle. I don't know who's going to come in and be able to be that guy. Maybe Elijah will step up. Maybe it'll be Buddy. But uh, I know some people are questioning Bayheim and, you know, his own defense after what happened this year. But, I, I don't know. I think that's just what what we're about, and that zone defense has always been great for us. Um, and they always question the three-point defense of the zone defense. Um, you know, I don't think it's the zone. I just think it's the personnel. So uh, hopefully next year, um, you know, is a little better, and we can, you know, grow from this because it's, you know, it's not time for the coaches, coaches to go. I think we still have, uh, you know, some really a Hall of Fame coach, some really great coaches there. So let's go Qs. All right, hey Christopher, great, great call. Thank you. Nice. It was good, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was it was long, but if it was long and it and it stunk, I'd have cut it down more. So right. So right. Uh, uh, really good. You know, I, you know, he starts with expectations, and again, you know, obviously he didn't listen to this show. It's just funny that how that came up. But uh, right. yeah, the expectations. I know maybe we shouldn't just put the expectations. We should maybe have a wait and see. Attitude. I don't know. It's tough to do as fans. It really is. Um, well, you got to look at the things that that come with it. Right. I mean, if you had the expectations of, if you look at Buddy Beheim and Elijah Hughes now that we've seen them through a season and we know what they're about, and then you you knew that coming in, and plus throw it on top of thinking that Frank Howard was going to be coming in 100 percent healthy, not having to worry about stuff, and we didn't really know what to expect from Jalen Carey, but we knew he was a high recruit. Uh, I can see where the expectations would come from. But again, it's just, what are you comparing them to? Because if you're just looking at that Baylor game, that wasn't our full team. You know, we didn't play carry because we were relying on a senior point guard to basically get back to a hundred percent where he was, get through that injury, uh, both physically and mentally to get where he was last year and where he was in the summer where Beheim said he was even better than last year. So we lose all that time with carry and potential development and just for, for the suspension to happen and for us to not really even see our full potential as a team, as it looked like it was about to, to be okay, especially after that ACC tournament without battle. Yeah. He mentions the starting five coming back. I know I, for one, put expectations on that. This is going to the expectations thing, but I'm going to move on. But I, for one, did those were my expectations that starting five come back. But Coach quickly put that into perspective at the beginning of the year when he said, if your starting five isn't isn't 
you know, is mediocre, you're still bringing back a mediocre starting five. In so many words, he's, he didn't say Well, they that. brought back the starting five, but those that starting five didn't start. They brought in somebody who started. True. Okay. So you're bringing in, you brought in a new starter with Elijah Hughes. Right. So, exactly. I mean, obviously yeah. you got a little bit better with the scoring, but you're bringing in a different starter. You're changing the roles a little bit, the minutes a little bit. And again, with some of the injuries that we had to deal with, with both Kerry and, uh, and Howard. Howard. Yeah. And a battle, obviously, at the end of this year. Who knows if he really was even 100%. I mean, I know that he looked good and he, he was probably, you know, loose enough to play. But who knows if by the end of the game that back started not getting a little sore, you know, or that, you know. So you just you never know. But there was just always it seemed like it seemed like there was always some type of hurdle we had to get past. Yeah, adversity. We faced adversity all year with this team. So, yeah, um, he mentions Frank never himself. Yeah, Frank was really he was mediocre all the way up until the ACC tournament and he freaking lit it up. And then we're like, Oh yes, this is going to be great. When Tyus comes back, so then he doesn't, he obviously we know the story from there, but he talks about playing time with Jalen. We've talked about that, but one that we don't talk about a ton is a guy I, I loved. Um, even Braswell. during recruiting and off season is Braswell. And I, you know, I don't know why he didn't get enough time. I really don't. I, I, I mean, I'm not the coach. And just right. like just like Chris said, I'm not the coach. I don't know, but from what I saw, when he was in, he was solid, and he was never in for more than a minute or two at a time. Right. So, and he was thrown in at the end of a couple of games that we had already, you know, that we had won handily. So, yeah, I think Braswell next year could be a difference maker. I think, you know, I think it's going to be good. I don't know if he gets a start because of Bursette and Dolzhai. So, no, he won't start. And no, again. But- I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, if he was playing that amazing in practice. Solid then, bench player next year, man, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, if he was playing that solid in, in practice, then he would, then he, Beheim would have got more minutes for him. I think Beheim got him in when he could, sprinkled him in when he could, but I don't really think that Braswell really even played. I mean, I don't know how, there was probably some significant minutes, but I mean, how many minutes did he really play when he was in there? Second half, game was on the line. There were emergency minutes when he was in, or they were garbage minutes when he was in. Yeah. So I mean, I think maybe, what, NC State was the one game, I think, where he came in and actually played some significant minutes. Yeah, and he did good. He did. He did. So, again, maybe that just comes down to the fact of um, maybe Beheim. The problem is this, is that right now we don't have enough offensive options. Right. Or we're not good enough on offense sticking to be with, able to, sticking to with be players who know the system yeah. because we are so well. Yeah, we can't sit there and sub in and out. Because play around, yeah. The depth and the fact that, and then even in the past, we haven't been able to do it because okay, well, we can sub out fresh people, but then we have zero offense. Right. You see what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, a lot I get, of times, I totally I mean, get it. So hopefully, this is just the start of again. I mean, with the the size of last year's class, the size of this year's class coming in. Hopefully, this is the start of building up that depth. And if you get to a point where you can sub guys in and out and know that the offense is still going to be in there, then we're going to be able to press a little bit more, and we're going to be able to to sub in and out and be able to assume that that um, that defensive intensity is going to be able to be out there to be able to make those rotations, make it hard for the defense the whole game. Because when you have guys playing that long, even as a coach, you know that there's going to be lapses in the defense because you're going to be tired and someone's going to get an open shot somewhere. Yeah. Um, he mentions looking ahead to next year, kind of Buddy and Hughes coming back. Uh, he didn't mention Joe Girard, but I have, and I will again. 
you know, we've got John Bolajak coming in, and who's the other one? Bryson Gadine. Bryson Gadine, yeah, heavy on the on Quincy Garrier. Quincy Garrier, yeah, that's another. And I know one. they're still looking. Yeah, and of course so. they still got more scholarships to give out. So, but Buddy and Hughes going to be they're going to be leaders on this team next year in a sense, you know, with with Dolajai you know, and Brissett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and so um, you never know we could get a graduate graduate uh, I, transfer. Someone had mentioned in fan feedback, and I didn't put it in. and I apologize if they're listening because it was a great point that um, you know maybe getting. Oh, it was Chris just now. Yeah. He mentioned trying to maybe get a fifth-year transfer or something like that. So um, down low, specifically, someone with some experience, right. that would yeah. be great. That would be great. I think um, I think that would really help, especially with the with that whole core is going to be all freshmen next year as of now. So um, and yeah, uh, Bayheim. I don't think Bayheim's going anywhere. Keep the zone. I'm on the fence about the zone. Like I said, I think something needs to be done. I think the offensive end of college basketball is evolving and it's becoming more of a three-point game and you know, like you said, it's the personnel, I guess, on offense too. But it is also live by the zone, die by the zone. And sometimes you have to maybe move away from the zone in certain games where you just it's just not working. That's my well, that's my thing. Maybe start with I'd the like zone. To see, I well, there's well, the thing is, is there's different ways for you to change it up. You I can know. move. You can move different length around. You can move. You know, you could. You know, you see at the end of the games. The, the adjustments uh, this year, Joe, though they were just not good. Well, you can't do the adjustments when you when you're relying on certain people to be out there to score. That's what I mean. Like that's it comes down to being able to get that to get that depth to be able you get depth to where you get four guards that can come in and out and just rotate. Then you can press. You can put that. You can you know you can have them picking those guys up or being up in their face a little bit more aggressively. You know you so can it's move personnel. Around. Do you you think it's more personnel than anything? To, to me, I think it's personnel because in the past couple few years we've had to rely on certain people for scoring, which means we have to keep that person in the game or those people in the game. Yeah. But if you have enough. Of you have you have a smart team like Baylor the other day. I mean, you saw them passing it around. Who who is the who is their go to guy? Who's the leading scorer? Who is the you really couldn't tell because they didn't care. They moved the ball around. They made yeah. the right passes because they know that they all they have the confidence that all of them can score. I mean, a lot of those guys just played really good. You know, we, you know, Makai Mason obviously led the team, but yeah. They, they well, we, I, I think too, you know, I, and, and I don't want this to be, I mean, maybe you've kind of been a lot like as far as negative and I mean, we really didn't play that bad either. We didn't know. Considering, I the, the, considering the situations, I think it was just, we defense, I think stunk. it's just, That's well, all. we just couldn't force anything. Yeah. We just, their offense was a lot easier because we couldn't force them into a lot of more mistakes than we normally could. Right. And again, that just comes down to a smart team. Yeah, we only forced 12 turnovers. So that's, you know, I think that's probably below our season average. So anyway, yeah. um, Chris, if you're listening right now, email us at Cuse Militia. If you haven't received a, a, a swag bag, then I'm going to send you one because I love that. I love that. So yeah, It was good. Good stuff. Yeah, it was good. And you wouldn't even know that it was almost three minutes long, or maybe you would, but he made so many good points and he just, he just rolled with it. Now... Uh, I want to transition our fan feedback into that. So I think that would be great. And yeah. um, uh, so anyways, that's it. That's all I got. So uh, again, I want to thank everybody for the year that was. 
football and basketball 1819. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for helping spread the word. Keep doing yes. it. Again, you can always go to iTunes and rate and review us there. And uh, we're going to start putting out some evergreen episodes. We're going we're gonna to do a few more in the off season. And if you ever have suggestions on a Q-story episode, something Syracuse history, then feel free to suggest it and we'll research it up and we'll put something yeah. together. So uh, suggestions are always welcome for that. Uh, I want to yeah. thank, I want to thank Tix Blitz for the basketball season. I want to thank my bookie. I want to thank, um, Tix Blitz is done. So, um, if any of you ever got to use that, then, um, that's good. Hope it worked out for you. <laughs> yeah. Hope it worked out for you. Um, but, uh, thanks to armchair all Americans. They've been, they've been, um, great in trying to help promote the show. And mm-hmm. we want to thank them and Andrew, the uh, CEO over there and James on guitar again. Thank you all for listening and we'll be back soon. This is not, this is not the end of, of it for us. Might so. be the end of the basketball season, the end not the, the end of the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll be back as soon as possible with maybe some look at, um, some recruiting and stuff like that. So that is yes. it for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. 
They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.